Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, assertive communication. Our guest, Suzanne Dianish. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So currently, I'm at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, and I have an unusual joint appointment because of my background crossing over the business area as well as organizational conflict and negotiation. I teach in the business school and the School for Conflict Analysis and Resolution, and it's kind of nice to bridge the two disciplines. Um, Before I came to George Mason, I was at Seattle University in an endowed chair. And before that, I had the privilege and pleasure of teaching in Switzerland at IMD, where I had students who were executives from all over the world and also have had and continue to have occasions to teach all over the world. So I I am fortunate and also somebody who looks at the cross-cultural application of the kinds of things that we do and talk about every day. Well, I look forward to our conversation today. Let's start with what is assertive communication? Well, you know, this is kind of funny because for many, many years, when I talk about assertive communication in the classroom, many people, women in particular, though not exclusively women, see that as the same as aggressive, that to somehow stand up for themselves, speak up for themselves, Um, request that food that was delivered to them in a restaurant be taken back because it wasn't to their liking is somehow being a bully or being unkind or being someone that's, well, you know, rhymes with witch. (laughs) And it's, it's really kind of interesting to have seen this dilemma over my teaching over 20 plus years. Um, And so assertive communication is, is what I've been trying to say. It's knowing what you want, standing up for what you want, speaking on behalf of yourself, advocating, but not necessarily at the cost of others, putting others down or being demanding or, or throwing out ultimatums. If you don't give me X, I'm going to leave. So, but it does take a lot of practice. And why do you feel this is an important skill to introduce to your students? It is essential for life. Really, what it comes down to is you don't get what you don't ask for. And you may, for example, be in a negotiation about your starting salary. And if you say, "Um, okay, uh, I guess so, to the offer that is made to you, just to give you some numbers, Debbie, a $7,000 difference on day one at, say, 21, 22 years old, assuming a very conservative uh, rate of increases over time and and promotions, et cetera, would equate to $650,000 lost over a lifetime. Wow. So to not say, well, that's an interesting starting point, but let me tell you a little bit more about some of the things I've accomplished so far in my career and why I think my skills and experience are worth X and not Y. And that's just, that's obviously, that's that's a strong and quantitative example. But even qualitatively, I can give you another example. How many times have we seen 17, 18, 19-year-olds in school and college away from home for the first time dealing with roommate issues? Roommates who are up all night or loud or bringing their boyfriends or girlfriends in the room, and I've experienced all of these, and how many of them say nothing or said differently 
say nothing to the person who's causing the problems, but who complain incessantly (laughs) to anybody else who would listen. And so in their minds, it's to say something to my roommate would be to be a bad roommate. I should just take it. I should just be adaptive. I should just... And that couldn't be further from the the truth because when someone treats you in a way that is not acceptable and you say nothing, you essentially say it's okay. And you give this person permission to continue to treat you in a manner that is unkind, unprofessional, uh, sorry, unprofessional or just unacceptable. So it's not just about salary. It's not just about numbers. It's about really standing up for yourself and giving yourself the right to speak up and say, hey, it's not okay. I really expect X. So you're speaking up and asserting at the appropriate times. Exactly. Now, do men and women differ in their ability to communicate assertively? I think a lot of what it comes down to is two things, Debbie. There's been a lot of research. Debbie Tannen is one who's done research on the ways in which men and women communicate. And for example, she has filmed two boys and two girls separately, um, age five. They're put into a room. There's two chairs. And you watch how even at age five, at age 10, and age 15, the way in which boys and girls communicate. And part of it is socialization, right? What is acceptable for other little girls or other little boys as our peers as we're growing up? Little girls and girls tend to communicate to create a bond, to build a relationship, relationship, to connect with one another. Boys tend to communicate, and I say tend to, right? They tend to communicate to give instructions or to demonstrate how they are better than Right? Almost like a competitive situation. Exactly. So how that shows up, for example, in the workplace, and you may have experienced this yourself in the workplace, when a woman boss says, Debbie, would you mind perhaps maybe if you have a chance? I mean, if not, it's okay. But do you think you might be able to get to this by Friday? That kind of speaking guarantees one thing, confusion. Is this an option? Is this what I need to do? Whereas a male boss, and again, apologies for being overly dichotomous in my explanation, Debbie, I need the XYZ report by Friday at four. Now, it's not as flowery, it's not as sweet, it's not as relationship building, but it's clear. And there's a deadline associated with it, and it's firm. Exactly, exactly. And again, I don't mean to suggest that my examples are definitive or or they happen across all cultures and all contexts. You might have, for example, a a woman growing up in New York City who speaks far more assertively than a man growing up in Des Moines, Iowa. So, you know, again, these are generalizations, but they come from a lot of observation and a lot of research that suggests, going back to your question, that women, partly because of how they're socialized, partly because of their concern for being seen as someone who is, well, not consistent with the stereotype of the supportive and kind and nurturing woman. So it's, it's not just a lack of skill. It's also a concern for how they're being seen. So when is it appropriate to communicate assertively? I'm wondering if there's ever not a time. <laughs> um, but to answer your question more directly, sometimes you may think, 
what you heard means X, when in fact, you really don't know, right? Because the research suggests that 9% of, of what is communicated is the words, 91% is everything else intonation, inflection, body language, proxemics, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, one example I could see is if someone has said something that I think is unkind or has treated me in a way that I'm not comfortable with, I might wait. I might see if this is a pattern. I might ask someone else who has a relationship with this person because I don't want to necessarily barrel on in and say, whoa, I'm not comfortable when you speak to me this way. So, um, you know, again, depending on the severity of the act, um, there may be occasions where you might wait a little bit, gather a little bit more data. But in general, standing up for yourself, why wouldn't you? Well, and I was going to say, like you had mentioned a moment ago, that you're looking at those nonverbal cues. And also, if you're not quite sure, having someone else observe this situation and see if what you're seeing seems similar to what they're seeing before you maybe address that issue. And that's a great point, Debbie. And one of the things that I also teach within this, this space of assertive communication is what I call a perception check. So if somebody has said something or not said something or moved very close to me in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable, it can be assertive to say, hey, Debbie, I noticed when you said that and looked at me that way, there was something in your eyes that suggested that maybe you were unhappy with me. Am I incorrect in my assumption? So this is not me blaming. This is not me criticizing. This is me directly asking for more information, for clarification. And I categorize that as assertive communication as well. Are there any downsides to, say, assertive communication? <laughs> That's a great question. And again, I think, I think it really comes down to the implementation. There is this difference between what is assertive and what is aggressive. And if we're speaking in ways that we think are assertive when, in fact, they are aggressive, they are demanding or exchanging ultimatums or putting somebody down in order to speak up for ourselves, then yes, that's an occasion where there is a downside. So I think when it's done correctly, I don't see a downside. Any remaining tips that you'd like to share with your peers as they maybe introduce this concept in their classes? I think what I would say is, like any skill, it can be learned, it can be improved. I myself was one of those freshmen who had a pretty terrible roommate in my first year of college. And I myself was that person who complained to everybody else. But so I'm, I'm kind of like that evangelical assertive communicator who didn't grow up with role models that enabled me to speak in ways of standing up for myself that that felt comfortable. So I have evolved a lot in my own communication and it's the way I speak with my children. It's the way I speak with my partner. It's the way I speak with just about anyone. So the good news is it's a skill, it's learnable. And the more you get this feedback that what I'm doing is making a difference, it's, it's improving our relationship because I'm not burying things under the rug the more we continue to experiment with and try different ways of expressing ourselves that are, in fact, assertive. And I was going to say it's great for open communication, 
honesty and building trust in a relationship. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your experience and advice with your colleagues. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. Everything.